0: you're listening to the seek first podcast for students with stephanie akiyama and kurt petershawn
1: Right. Welcome once again. Yeah.
0: I- Welcome, guys. Glad uh, you're here.
1: Uh, I'm trying to smile with my voice. Yes. Can you hear me smiling?
0: I can. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you can see me smiling. It's not fair.
0: Okay, um,
1: <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, this is week two of our sort of take on apologetics mm-hmm. and, and some of those things. We opened up that conversation last week. If you didn't listen to that podcast last week, please go back and give it a listen. You don't have to listen to it before this one, but, you know, right. it might be helpful to you. Um, last week, we just kind of introduced what apologetics is, what it looks like. We talked a little bit about faith. Um, what else did we talk about last week? Yeah,
0: we just, we talked about, um, yeah sorry guys. Kind of nature, I don't know what we talked about. We nature, t- <laughs> faith, and,
1: and also just yeah. uh,
0: how to engage others, how to engage, like right. how, how to apologetics. Um, and, how to yeah. So apologetics we talked about is basically the removal of obstacles. Um, yes. we are not coming in saying that we can prove the existence of God, mm-hmm. but we are saying that we can prove that it's reasonable yeah. that God exists um, and so, some of these, um, what we're going to call arguments, um, last week we just talked about how we don't want to be argumentative <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when we are posing yeah.
1: these arguments. So, when we say arguments, um, that's kind of an old school or, uh, I think argument, just today we hear argument, we think, you know, ah, right. yeah, yar, yeah. Um, but argument can really just mean I'm making a point and you make right. a point and I'm making right. a point and you make a point. Uh, that's right. right. It's just not Giving a the reasons
0: for this yes. belief.
1: Um, so, yeah. if we use that word, don't think like animosity <laughs> or hatred. That's or whatever. Right. We're just saying, like, this is a way to debate, even like debate can be a good
0: thing. Yes. Right? We can have absolutely. healthy,
1: good conversation, debate, whatever. You iron want call sharpening,
0: it. iron. Iron sharpening. All iron. the business. Yeah. Yep.
1: And sometimes, you know, sometimes it, it might be good and beneficial for a, you and another person to engage in a conversation where you have opposing viewpoints. Yeah. And you can each make, which I think is kind of a lost art, right?
0: It is it's because without being
1: hateful. Without yes,
0: being hateful. because we really do think that if someone disagrees with us, they don't like us. <laughs> and right. That does yeah. not have to be like Kurt loves El Charo. I mean, it's OK. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I know. I, and we're still on the same podcast <laughs> well, because of know. unity. I, I <laughs> no. Yeah. OK, so good. What do you like? I like La Fonda in Atlanta. La Fonda is great.
1: I was actually talking about that earlier. It's my, it's, it's my most yeah. favorite. It's, it's great. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. You have to drive. A See, bit, we do agree. We do agree. Fact, we agree on, on ground, everything. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah, I, I,
1: I really do think I was thinking this definitely over in 2020. <laughs> I mean, just seeing so many debates going on, so many whether it was political stuff or just whatever. Um, but it really feels like even people I disagree with, I find myself kind of going. Man, I disagree with you, but I, I really wish you were even better at making your points. You know right. what I, mean? um, I just I think it's a lost art to be able to just converse with someone or again, have a healthy debate. Um, in a way where we can use logic and be calm and composed and have good conversation right? without having to hate one. And another.
0: to know that when someone disagrees with us, they're not hating on us as a person. Right. It doesn't diminish our value at all. Yeah. It's just, we disagree on, we, we have a difference of opinion and somebody may hate you, but
1: yeah, 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 but that's true. yeah right. I think for the most part, you know, even friends, you know, we can disagree on you. No one h- agrees hundred percent on everything. Right. It's just the, not the way it is. Right. Um, Anyway, we're, we're digressing a little yes. bit, but I think we can have a good conversation. So what we want to do today is, and and we talked about this last week, just jumping into start to have some of these, um, how, how can we start to have some of these conversations? So what we're going to look at is just a few different arguments for, um, again, removing, um, removing obstacles, right. right? And giving a reasonable explanation for there the possibility that there could be a God right yes. and obviously again yes we believe there is 100 right um but what we're what we're kind of hoping happens in this is just to say look if you get yourself in one of these conversations here are some ways hopefully that makes sense that you can explain yeah um here's why God is rational reasonable and
0: yes. all of that
1: Yes, logical. Um, so I said this last week, and I wanted to start here before we jump into that, because um, I, I think I said like four different times. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give some some people that I like to listen to. And I never did last week. I apologize. So here we go. Let me just go ahead and give you all some names and um, a little bit of uh, well, just some resources here. Um of people that I think are very much smarter than I, anyway, and um, that I like to listen to, people that most of the stuff that I'm going to talk about, you know, I got from them anyway. So one guy is Kent Hovind. Um, I don't know. He's an older guy. Um, he's still around, and, and I don't know if he's still really, like, on the scene as much, but he's still alive. Um, he was a little bit more prevalent in like, 70s, 80s stuff like that. And, uh, but he is a, a science professor and became a Christian apologist after that. And just to me is one of the best explainers. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you like kind of, and I, I'm not hating on this guy, I'm just, this is just the way it is. He's just kind of the nerdy, like he will nerd out <laughs> on some biblical explanations for creation and like versus evolution and all that. Kind yeah. of stuff. It's so good to me. So look up Kent Hovind. He's got so many videos you can watch. Um, Dr. John Lennox. He's one of the most famous in the world. Um, he's, a, what, I think, Irish or Scottish. I can't remember, but he's fun to listen to just for the, ac- the accent, but um, so smart. Great, great um, apologist. William Lane Craig, Lee Strobel, who, um, if you've read the book Case for Christ, yeah. you of Case for Christ? yeah, Case for Christ. Yes. Um, or seen the, the movie. movie. Yep, yeah, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lee Strobel's great. Um, former uh, investigative journalist. yeah, became a Christian and kind mm-hmm. of explained the resurrection of Jesus and from, an ex- from a journalist standpoint. Like, right. I'm examining the evidence here. Yes. I kind of wrote the book about that. So he, was cool. so yeah, yeah. he
0: was trying to disprove Christianity. Trying to he was trying to disprove it. Because his wife it. became
1: a Christian. Yes. And, and he like, was oh, like, oh, no, this, this is, no.
0: is a bunch of hooey. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. became a Christian. Yeah. It's just so cool. So um, Tim Keller, who's guy uh, with, like, a guy with both like... Love. Super, super smart, but yeah. has a way of, which like my next guy, C.S. Lewis, I think they both have a way of going, I'm going to take this super complicated thing and just bring it down to yes. you, help you hear so good. It. Which I need a lot yeah, of time. Yeah, me too. Um, so I'll say C.S. Lewis was probably my first introduction to a lot of this. I don't mm-hmm. know about you.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, Mere Christianity was yeah. a game changer. Yeah. Um, Abolition of Man mm-hmm. was another great mm-hmm. book. College, yeah. Yes. College,
1: um, Yes. Mere Christianity, I highly recommend. Yeah. That, that is a book, listen, if you're, I think, I think. I mean there's probably some parts if you're middle school it might be heady for you but it's pretty down to earth read yeah. um I think most people whether wherever your education level is you can read CS Lewis and yeah. your Christianity it's pretty simple and he and he's just great at that he he takes yeah. again these kind of complex ideas brings it down to the lay person cuz he kind of fancies himself a lay person right. he'll say that like I'm yeah. not a right. not a great theologian yeah. I'm just here's how I kind of and he was really philosophical yes um and some people don't agree and I don't think I agree with CS Lewis on everything again right um, um, but again, I, for on the main parts, I think he's great.
0: Yeah, and um, mere Christianity, you can even find online PDFs oh yeah. and yeah, like for free. Yeah, super
1: cheap stuff. Yeah, for free stuff. Um, and then Answers in Genesis, just a website. I thought about. Um, was mm-hmm. good if you're if yeah. you're into like dinosaurs, yeah, and creation stuff, yes. and the flood and all that. Right? Kind of How did
0: thing? Noah get dinosaurs yeah. on the ark for heaven's sake? Again, Kent yeah. Hovind is great
1: on that yeah. as well. And then Answers in Genesis, Ken Ham, um, those guys, mm-hmm.
0: they're really good. You had a yeah, cool. I the the guy. Uh, so I. Totally agree with all those guys. Um, and then one of the guys that I lo- that I watched actually on Right Now Media was um, Chad Ragsdale. Now, if you've been to CIY, Chad. then you know uh, he has been a frequent speaker yeah. at CIY. He is a professor at Ozark mm-hmm. University, and he is He's the great. same way. He can take complex. Ideas and pare them down. Put them right down there on the bottom shelf for those of us who need that. So Chad Ragsdale, yes,
1: and a series from Matt Chandler. You were, yeah, Matt about.
0: Chandler had an apologetic series. series. Uh huh, that was super Apologies good. He's a pastor
1: yeah. out in Texas. So anyway, there's some there's some people to listen to. Uh, there's lots more. So oh yeah, um, so many. You know, those are ones that that we like. All right, so let's jump in, um, just to a few of the kind of these are these are really just the major what we say would be the major arguments.
0: Right. And we are just going to skim. Yeah. And we're going to skim the surface
1: again, dive deeper into these things for yourselves or again, email us questions. Yeah. If you want to talk a little bit more about any of these, um, but yeah, let's skim. Which one do you want to start with?
0: Well, I just wanted to say, sometimes the, the question will arise if you are living out your Christian life, mm-hmm. um, then the question will arise from a friend, a family member, maybe even yourself, right? <laughs> you might yeah. even ask yourself, is there really a God? Um, are there any good reasons for me to believe in God? And I de- yeah. there are two verses that I just wanted to throw out there. Um, all of these reasonings are not going to come from Scripture, Okay, because when we are talking to someone who does not believe that there's even a God, they certainly are not going to believe that His book is truth. Right. And so, all of these arguments that we're going to talk about um, come from the perspective of general knowledge. Yeah. Okay. But but these two scriptures I love because we as Christians know um, Romans one twenty says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities. his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Mm-hmm. And then I, th- I think I read these uh, last week as yeah. well, but they are just so powerful to me. Um, Psalm 19 one, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. And so yeah. we as Christians understand that we can look around and see, well, yeah, God exists. But some of these are arguments, um, and the starting point is going to be information that is common knowledge. Um, and again, these do not prove that God exists. They prove that it's reasonable yeah. that he exists. Yeah. So the first one I have notes on is the teleological teleological teleological. It. Um, and it can also be called the argument from design design. Yes. And what it says is spec Now follow. I'm going to break this down a little bit, but, but, but here's, here's the big, big definition. Specified complexity
1: mm-hmm.
0: points to design. Yep. And design necessarily points to a designer. Yes. So when you have so what specified complexity means is we're just gonna say a letter of the alphabet is is specified. Mm-hmm. An A is a specific specified letter of the alphabet. A long series of random letters is complex. But a poem or a book or a tweet is specified complexity. Mm -hmm. It is taking specific things and putting them in a in a in an order, right? Specified complexity, and those uh, when you put those two things together. It equals a designer, right? It equals design, which equals a designer.
1: Yes. So if you see, okay, so let's take an example. So again, this is the argument of design, the teleological argument, if you want the big word. Um, but it just means design, right? This is simple, simply put, um, use like a book, right? Mm -hmm. So here's, here's to kind of play that out a little bit. So what we're saying when we say this argument is, and again, this is a very famous argument, very, very popular one. Um, that an atheist person might say, well, you know, I have no proof of there being any, you know, being that created or whatever. And we would say, okay, well, let's look at the universe and let's look at the the specificity of certain things and the, the design of certain things and the way this complex universe and complex systems right. and even the human body, all these things kind of yes. work together. So you use the example of a book, right? Um, and I think I mentioned this last week too about because Einstein thought like this as well. Einstein, who was not a Christian, but right. he, um, who spent his life as a genius kind of studying the cosmos and he likened everything to a great library. Yes. Right? Where, like you said, a book. So not only one book being complex enough, if you walked into a great library and you just see there's million, you walk into the Library of Congress right. and it's just millions of books there and 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 in each book is millions of letters that make up thousands and or hundreds of thousands of yeah. words or whatever, right? Every book in and of itself, every page on every book is super complex. Just a sentence. Right? Just a sentence is so complex. <laughs> and then every one of those books is in perfect place beside the exact book it's supposed to be beside in the exact section that it's supposed to be in on the exact shelf. Yes, with the, exact, the Dewey whatever. Decimal System. <laughs> yeah, all these things. So you walk in and you see this. Now, it would be logical, it would be reasonable to assume that somebody did this,
0: right? right. There is a helicopter did not drop the books from the sky and they landed like that. It would be, I
1: think, I think it would be Illogical, unreasonable right. to assume this happened by chance. An explosion of the, an alphabetical explosion <laughs> happened somewhere in a paper plant. Like alphabet and paper exploded, and out came the Library of Congress. You know, yeah. This big bang, maybe, <laughs> if we can use the term that I just made up, right. uh, happened. <laughs> and uh, I did not make up the term big bang. Yeah. Um, happened. And then the Library of Congress. No, it would be logical, wouldn't it, to say, okay, so one, someone built this building. Right. Someone made these shelves, Yes. someone organized them and then put these books who are also intelligently designed by authors, you know, put these books into rows and into columns and into sections and whatever, you know, that that makes pretty good sense. Yes. So (laughs) let
0: me tell you from, from a, um, from a, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word, uh, from the way the world works. The way the world works. I cannot think of a word for that. The way a, the world. Philosophical? What are you saying? I don't know. No, it wouldn't be biological. Anyway, okay, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to the word after I give the explanation. Okay, okay. listen to All this, right. guys. And I'm going to have to read it because it's very specific. Here we go. Listen to this. Scientists have discovered at least 159 physical, chemical constants that are needed in order for life to exist. Yep. 159 of them. Okay, follow. Of these constants, they have to exist with exact precision at the same time in order for life to exist or to come about. Okay, A
1: couple of these constants would be gravity. Look, okay, here we go. There's lots.
0: One example is the ratio of electromagnetic (laughs) force to the gravitational force. Uh Okay. The ratio of these two forces must be fine-tuned to listen to this... 1 to 10 to the 40th power. Now, let me explain what that means. That's astronomical. <laughs> Imagine covering every square inch of North America with dimes. After that first layer is put down, you put another layer down. Then another one until you reach the moon, which is 238,000 miles up. Of dimes. Of dimes. But you're not done. You have to repeat that one... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, one billion times. It's ridiculous. <laughs> then you're going to grab one dime, you're going to color it red, and you're going to have a random person pick that dime out for the first try. Yeah. That is one to 10 to the 40th power. Of dimes. Of dimes. And that ratio has to be exact. And that's just one. Of 159. Of
1: 159 stipulations that must exist. For life. For life to exist. To exist. That is that's an awesome thing.
0: Is that accidental? Right. Random chance, perhaps? Crazy. The answer is no. <laughs> right. The answer is no.
1: I mean, there are, there's there's as many nerves, or I think there's more nerves. I, I should have looked up the exact number here, but um, I read this not too long ago. There, there's more nerves that control our eye movements, right, than there are stars in our galaxy. Yes. You know what I mean? The complexity, and they're all firing at the exactly, same time. The complexity of... Just the human brain, yeah. one human brain. Uh, and there's seven billion of us in this world. And this world is a tiny little blip in the universe yes. of this magnificent, massive world that is so fine-tuned, right? And in fact, so you're talking about the, you know, they, they found all these 159 things for life to exist on any given planet. Right. Because they used to think it was two. They, they started with two, right. uh, no, the, Carl Sagan, we talked yep. about Carl Sagan, he yep. was part of this in the 70s, that they came up with these two, okay, there had to be a star that was the right size and, and like whatever, right. and then a planet that was the right distance. Basically that was it. That's yeah. what they thought. If, if we have the right star and the right planet, the right distance, then life could exist. And then they were like, oh no, there has to be this force of gravity, there has to be a, a large planet near enough to draw away comets, there has to be, you know what I mean? There's like yes. all these other things. And they got to 159 of them, and to the point that they actually said... Um, this was NASA scientists figuring all this out, and they went, You know what? We actually have kind of eliminated the possibility of life existing anywhere. That includes Earth. <laughs> right. Like, we cannot figure out how this is how possible. This happened. Yeah. Right? Um, so, they kind of walked themselves out of even an explanation for a scientific explanation right. for life to exist here. Yeah. Um, again, just the magnificence of the intelligence of the design. Yeah. Of the universe, not ju- not even to mention just the world and right. just one human being. Right. And we look at this and we go, "There's no designer there. Nobody. That was chance. That was random. Right. That was happenstance. Right. Right. Um, we as Christians, we would just simply say, "I think it's way more logical to go. Somebody did it.
0: Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. The other the other part of this argument, if Kay and I were walking down the beach, and we found um, a watch, mm-hmm. we would not deduce that. Billions of years of waves and sand, and maybe an electric uh, a lightning bolt, like caused this to come about. We would say, "Oh my goodness, this had an intelligent designer mm-hmm. who designed it with meaning and purpose, and th- it just happened to wash up on the beach, and right?" Somebody lost it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. right? Yeah, right.
1: Yes, it didn't just ex- appear. Right, right, all right. So let's go to let's go to first cause. Let's go to cosmological. So that was yes. teleological, cosmological. Um, like I said, let's let's. We're gonna have to skim a little bit here, but um, this is the first cause argument. Um, so the simplest way to say this one is this. Okay, anything, Stephanie.
0: Well, sorry, why, you know, I'm trying to drink my coffee. Um,
1: sorry, that was the microphone. <laughs> Any okay. So the cosmological argument, the first cause argument. What anything that. Began to exist if something began to exist, it had a beginning, right? Then it must have a cause, something caused outside it, of itself, outside of itself. Yeah, it must have a cause that caused it to start existing, right? Yeah, okay. Um, you if I had a pencil, right, that pencil exists because someone caused it to exist, someone created it, basically, right? Basically, right? Okay, now the second part of the argument would go the universe has a, uh, did begin to exist. Right. right. It began to exist. Scientists agree on this. They have proven they have that
0: proven. there was a beginning,
1: right? It hasn't just lasted and forever. It's still expanding. Yep. That's part of this. Yep. Like we see the universe expanding. We know yep. it, it, it began someone or, or somehow it, be kind of began. It, it was flung out and it was right. Know, it began to exist. Right. Um, no scientist would say the universe is eternal. That's not, they even, used to say that, they but they have just proven that disproven now that. they know yeah. it began. Yes. So if everything that begins had a cause and the universe began, what's the third part? The third part would be the universe has a cause. Yeah. Right. The universe has a cause. Now, again, some people would say it was a big bang. Um, But that does not sufficiently explain, because then you have to say, well, what caused the bang and and the stuff of the big bang and all of that? Right. Um, Matter
0: cannot create itself. Right.
1: There's actually a video you can go watch of Richard Dawkins Um, and I don't remember who he's debating he was debating maybe it was one of the guys I read I don't remember but I just remember this part of it because it was funny Uh, Richard Dawkins who is a prominent atheist one of the smartest human beings in the world very intelligent guy he's a molecular biologist I Mm -hmm. believe but um, he is making the argument about for atheism and there's no God and all this stuff and they they, like a question is that you can go look this up on YouTube just look up Richard Dawkins uh, gets laughed at because really and I don't mean to be mean to this guy but he says because they kind of pointedly asking the question okay are you saying that nothing created everything and he says well yeah and everyone starts laughing at him (laughs) justifiably because again this is one of the smartest human beings in the world who has to get to the bottom of it and go I believe as an atheist everything was created by nothing yeah right and that's illogical right that is absolutely irrational
0: yes yes I agree fantastic yeah all right The next one that we are going to talk about is, excuse me, called the morality argument. And it goes like this. If God does not exist, then objective universal morality doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. The second part says universal, universal morality does exist. Therefore, God exists. Mm -hmm. And what this is saying is there is uh, across cultures, across time, there are things that have been dubbed morally wrong. Yeah. Right? Um, right. Um, torturing babies is morally wrong. Murder, stealing, those things throughout all cult- cultures, throughout all ages, have hmm. been dubbed morally wrong. And then there are things that have been dubbed morally right self-sacrifice and, uh, helping someone, uh, honoring your parents, faithfulness and marriage. These things across right. cultures and across time have been dubbed morally right. Um, if there is no God, then there is no universal morality and everything is relative, right? There's not a right, right. or a wrong. Everything is relative.
1: Yeah, there's no fixed point without God. Yeah. So yeah, the morality argument, and I, and I really think this one is, um, from my understanding and experience, I would say this one is probably the most prevalent one for people who would call themselves atheists or right. agnostic or whatever to say, this is the reason I don't believe in God is because I can't, the way they would phrase it would be something like this. I can't believe that there could be a God if there's all this evil in the world, this moral evil in the world, right? Because right. Because you say... Because Christian, you say that like what your argument just said, because God exists, that morality exists. But I see all this immorality. Right. And I see all this evil. Right. And so it, it kind of the the part of this argument would be the problem of evil right. existing in that morality where there, yeah, there's good, but there's also so much bad. And we look at the right. world and we go, Yeah, it's it's jacked up. Right. And there is people have tortured babies, yeah, right? right? Horribly. The Holocaust right. did happen right all these things, right? Um, so an atheist might say, well, if, if if that God does exist, as you say, then why would there possibly be all that suffering and all that evil? That God can't possibly exist. Or if he does, he's not good or he's not all powerful, right? Or he just doesn't care. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, this is the way they might kind of Try to back their argument on that. So I'm just trying to kind of give the other side of it. Right. But you can
0: ask them if you don't believe in a God, then why can you call that evil? Right. Exactly. And why can you right. call that good?
1: Can I say, if God doesn't exist, then can I say the Holocaust is evil? Right. And they'd be like, well, it yeah, could it's be evil good. Because we all agree that it's evil. You know what I mean? Right. And you can say, well, it's. Yeah, Hitler, Hitler didn't agree right. that it was evil. <laughs> right. You know, for one thing. But, you know, as we, you know, the collective, sane humanity can look at that and go, that is objectively evil. That right. is wrong, no matter how you shape it. Yes. That is wrong. Why is it wrong? Because there has to be a real right. There has to be a real good. There has yeah. to be a real truth. Right. If that's bad and that's wrong and that's evil.
0: Right. And it's because we are created in God's image mm-hmm. and every human being. Every human being has intrinsic worth. That's why slavery is wrong. That's why murder is wrong because every single human being has intrinsic worth. But there's something in us, Mm -hmm. whether we follow Christ or not, that believes That there is right and wrong. And if there's anyone who says, oh, everything's relative, everything is right, try and steal something from them and see (laughs) if they believe that something's right right or wrong.
1: And there's the danger, too, right? Uh, Yeah. And by the way, of this kind of worldview. Yes. Right. The danger of it would be if every if, if there's no God, if I if I would claim there to be no God, and then I could be justified in myself of saying, okay, well, if there's no God, then I get to be God of my life. Right. I get to be in charge. Socially, yeah. And I define what's right and wrong then. Right. right. So if that's true, if I if there actually is no God and I make my own rules, um, let's play that out. And I can take something from you, and you can't tell me anything about right.
0: It. Or right. you could go into a high school and mass shootings, absolutely, and and be completely justified because right? they were mean to me, and so I felt like this was a good thing to do.
1: Yeah. So there's the fallacy of this argument yes. to say, man, if if there's no God, and then there is, there can be no morality. There can be no fixed point to look at and to judge. What is right? What is wrong? What is good? What is what is evil? Right. Um, and this is why the Bible. I mean, the the first five books of the Bible. God clearly lays out this incredible like platform of these things are good and these things are evil. These things are right. And these things are wrong. I mean, just the 10 commandments and all of his laws where he comes in and goes, Hey, like human beings kind of on their own and in their own way, they're going to start treating each other like this. See from chapter uh, four of (laughs) murder happens, right? Like instantly human beings are just all over the map. Right. And so God comes in and goes, I'm going to give you guys a law. I'm going to help you to see how I have intended this to be. Yeah treat each other this way with right. justice and with kindness and with love and with goodness, all these things, yes. um, because I define morality. Right. Right.
0: And we, 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 just from looking at history, just from reading even ancient texts, mm-hmm. can see that human beings as a whole believe that there are certain rights and certain wrongs right. apart from there being a God. Mm-hmm. How could that happen? Yeah. Right, and so th- so that is the argument from morality. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: absolutely. So those are those are three of the big ones. You had another one on there as well that I thought was a good one that we could.
0: Yeah, um, this one is called the argument from human condition, and so this is really talking about uh, one of the things. Um, that is common again to all humans, the spiritual longing argument, it's also called, Mm -hmm. um, it's based on what we experience as human beings. And this is one that a lot of people, um, are moved by because most people have experienced this. And this one's more, um,
1: all of these are a little bit, but this one's very philosophical, very, um, human experience, very thought provoking. There's not
0: a whole lot of scientific backing to it, but it is when you're talking to someone, um, it will be within the realm of their experience. Right. And so it kind of goes like this. Um, human beings have this inexhaustible desire for meaning or purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, th- every single human being at some point or another asks these questions. Who am I? Mm-hmm. Do I really matter in this world? Why am I here? What is wrong with the world and how can it be fixed? And naturalism just does not answer these questions. It can't. And why, if we evolved and we are like just this uh, conglomeration of accidents that happen, happened, 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 why would we want to know these things anyway? It would just be survival of the fittest and, and just live my life to the best that I can at this point and then And then I just die. Mm-hmm. But we have this part of us that is spiritual, that has these longings. St. Augustine said, uh, talking to God, you have made us for you and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. Blaise Pascal, another just amazing mathematician says, there is a God shaped vacuum in the heart of every man, which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God, the creator made known through Jesus Christ. We have these natural desires for meaning, for purpose, um, desires that can't truly be satisfied by anything in the world.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um, Ecclesiastes 3.11 is the verse that says um, that God has put eternity in our hearts. Yes. Um, That every human being, that's Solomon kind of at the end of his life reflecting on life and he's sad and he's got some struggles and he's looking back and he's going, man, but I know this to be true that all of us, we have this longing, right? We have this... What is true? What is real? What's right and wrong? What's my purpose? Why am I here? Why am I here? Right. Right. I mean, we've all wondered this. Everybody wonders this. And again, yeah, if we were just a result of uh, an explosion and evolved cells, you know, that turned into whatever and and became us one day over billions of years, then... It cannot be explained by that process that we would then all have this same, what we would call a soul inside of us that seems to have this deep longing. Right. right, You would expect if we were all a product of random chance that we would have random chance outcomes of like how we act and how we, whether it's morality or whether it's the questions of purpose or like we wouldn't have these things. Right. And it doesn't make sense that we, that we would, um, but we do. You know, and and, uh, again, yeah, we're not, you know, if I was talking to someone who didn't believe these things, again, our arguments, we don't, we don't want to maybe start the arguments with, um, well, or or just kind of let it be, well, this is what the Bible says, but we use these intelligent and logical arguments, um, but at the same time, we can go look. The, the Bible does have some a lot of great things to say about right. It this lines
0: up. It all lines up with our experience so, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, where like Romans one, you know, we just talked about this. Where he says, you know, all people, we have this. You read it from verse twenty that God has made it clearly yes. known for right. the universe this intelligent design, and yet we suppress Romans one eighteen. Like we suppress yes. this truth. We we decide. So atheism is essentially this. Um, every day I have to suppress the truth that God has put in my soul. That longing and that desire and that eternity is put on my heart. Every day I wake up and I suppress that and say, yeah. no, I don't believe what I know is true. I'm just going to suppress it and um, choose today to live, and, you know, not right. according to that. Um, I mean, you look at Genesis 1 and 2, you look at Genesis 6 with the flood, and there's so much that we could get into with that, and, you know, we just we don't have time. Um but, you know, all these things really, I, as I have done research and reading, I mean, there's nothing that science disproves. No, science cannot disprove God. Cannot. Any, right. any at all. I mean, it just simply cannot get to a place where um, it says it, it gives a sufficient answer for how did everything come to be? Right. How did everything come to be not only existing, but have intelligent design? Yeah. How did that intelligently designed creation then have these people who have this morality?
0: Right. You know, and right. have
1: these philosophical longings and questions and all these things. Yeah. Science cannot explain it.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: and in fact, the more I read about these things, the more I find that science continually is sort of catching up to the Bible. Um, <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's, it, yeah, yes, it's they'll have a, a new scientific
0: stuff. discovery and we're like, oh yeah, yeah, that says that right there in Genesis. Yeah.
1: Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's absolutely... Fantastic. So, um, yeah, you know, a lot of the stuff with like um, evolution. I know some people wrote, will wrestle with that. Um, we don't have time in this to get into all that. And and again, I think that stuff's very very scientific. And I would say, um, go to Answers in Genesis for Definitely. things about that. Can't yes. prevent again. Listen to these people. Yeah. Um, because they, I promise you, they'll give way better explanations than we will. Um, but I I think if you would kind of take some of those resources we named and go look up some of these videos. I know you guys love YouTube or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's even some great TikTokers that have some good videos on some of these things. So go look them up and, and do some research and just find, you know, I would encourage you, you know, think for yourself on that and let, let what is logical and what is rational and what is right. good and true kind of rise to the surface. Because again, I said this last week, I think, I think Christianity and our God, I think is the most rational, logical reality that exi- i mean he is reality he right. is truth and so yeah. obviously as we dig into that we're just going to see him rise to the surface yeah. every time yeah we're just discovering him we're more just and more
0: it. of him yeah. <laughs> the more that we dig the more more of him that we find absolutely
1: yeah um okay well all right I, for this week i have a great
0: c s lewis quote yeah. that i wanted to um, this will be my parting shot um i, it with this. I love it uh, it says if i find in myself a desire in which no experience in this world can truly satisfy the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Yeah, I love that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's it, right? So good. Um, and we all have that desire. So next week, um, I think we're going to jump a little bit more into arguments, more more specifically about Christianity, yeah. right? Because again, this is just sort of opening the door to the rea- the, the possibility that God could exist, right? right? Can, a God? It, is it logical? Is it rational? Yes, and we've yes. gotten to the Christian
0: God, right, right, Christian God, the yeah. real
1: one true God. So. Yeah. Maybe you can open that door and then you both can agree, okay, there is a God, right, a divine being. Is he the Hindu God? Is he right. the Muslim God? Is he yeah. the Christian God? Is he some other God? Is he right. Roman? Whatever. Um and hopefully if you've gotten there, then you can start to go, okay, well, let's talk about that. What is he like if he exists? Yeah. And, you know, what what would Christianity have to offer there that might again kind of remove obstacles of disbelieving you know, yeah. what, what very well may be true about who God is, how we should relate to him. Right. And more importantly, what he's done to remove obstacles oh, man. between him and us. Yes. Right. Because that's what we need. Yeah. Um, more than anything. So, yes. All right, cool. Well, uh, we'll jump into that next week. So yes. thank you guys for listening. We really, Thanks really appreciate listening. it. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And as always, Seek, seek
0: first, first, the kingdom. kingdom of God. Thank you for listening to the Seek First podcast. We hope and pray that you have been encouraged and empowered to seek first the kingdom and righteousness of God in every area of your life. If you are a teen or young adult and have a question or topic that you would like Stephanie and Kurt to discuss on Seek First, simply email kurt at eastridge.church. Until next time, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness.